so we are doing chapter 15 from the guru charitra holy places of bharat so in this chapter guru nanak instructions to his disciples regarding the merits of doing pilgrimage pilgrimages and the places which they should unfailingly visit is described after sending most of his disciples on pilgrimage guru nanak lives in seclusion <coughs> invisible to others वो तेरा बाप आ रहा है यहां से गुरुनाथ लिव्स इन सेक्लूजन टू अदर्स एट वैजनाथ द सिद्ध योगी वॉज द ओनली डिसाइपल हुटेन बाय गुरुनाथ विथ हिम एट वैजनाथ द मियर स्टडी ऑफ दिस चैप्टर विथ फेथ एंड डिवोशन इज बिलीव टू कॉन्फर ऑन द रीडर्स द वेरी मेरिट ऑफ डूइंग द पिलग्रमेज इज दमसेल्स नामदारक आज सिद्ध मुनि वाई श्री नरसिंह सरस्वती चोज टू रिमेन इन एन इनविजिबल अनसीन फॉर्म फॉर अ इयर एट वैजनाथ देर मस्ट हैव बीन अ डिवाइन पर्पज फॉर एवरी सिंगल एक्ट ऑफ गुरुनाथ एंड नामधारक वॉन्टेड टू बी एनलाइटेंड ऑन दिस सिद्ध मुनि कंटिन्यूड इज नरेशन यस्टरडे वी हैड स्टॉप वेर इफ यू रिमेंबर ही हैज टेकन यू नो ही हैज गॉन टू अ प्लेस एंड ही हैज टेकन वॉट इज कॉल्ड एज an invisible form so that he can stay in that particular place and continue with his sadhana sri narsimha saraswati was exceedingly compassionate to one and all he used to shower his blessings and grace on anyone often without any consideration whether the person deserved them or not people of all sorts good bad and indifferent used to come to him some were of course genuine seekers of the spirit some used to come to seek redress for their afflictions but many used to come seeking his grace and blessing for the fulfillment of the worldly desires and ambitions and some for the su- success of their wishes schemes sri narsimha saraswati was distressed about it when a unique opportunity they were misusing he thought he had come down like a kalpavriksh for the moral and the spiritual regeneration and uplift of people but unfortunately most people were not able to realize this and use his pen- presence and grace and blessing for that high purpose further he felt that although he himself was beyond all bounds of karma and the laws of nature yet his relieving all kinds of people of their affliction superseding the operations of the law of karma would not be congenial to the ultimate good <coughs> and might weaken the moral order even more thinking thus shri narsimha saraswati decided that he should withdraw himself from people for some time at least accordingly took to an invisible form for his stay at vaijnath one second but before taking an invisible form that is gupta roop gurunath called his disciples and told them that they should go out on a pilgrimage and visit all the holy places bathe in all the sacred rivers of the land and should reach sri sailam by the year bahudanya and join him back there now you will find that uh, just now what we are talking about is narsimha saraswati when he used to visit the different different places 
whether the person is deserving or not the grace is on everybody see today if you look at the divine the divine basically would be anybody who is a divine being like sri krishna or even the sun the moon it doesn't say that i want to shine only on an x person and not on y person so there is a person who is looking at the sun and is doing his surya namaskar in the morning there is somebody who is using the sun's energies to make weapons there is somebody who is using the solar power so that he can dry off a certain part of a land you will find that there are various kinds of uses which a person makes the sun is not responsible for what it is doing let me tell you this much in the same way the forms of the divine which take birth on this earth or those who come down to the earth they are having grace on everybody whether the person is good or bad or evil minded or simply a very generous type of a person they are not concerned about it but what is mentioned over here is the deserving the word deserving is very very important who is the deserving type now the deserving type is a person whom we can say that okay that person has done something with his world and has is responsible for something like getting some sort of a gift from the divine he has done something for which he deserves it for which he should be given or she should be given whereas the divine is concerned it is not so why is it not so like i told you just now about the suns i can tell you about the river there are so many rivers in india now the river in india is flowing through ganga is flowing some people are using it for the purpose of taking the water and taking a bath or they are using it as a teeth or something like a holy water and some people are using it for washing their clothes some people are using it for uh, you know throwing all the dirt some people are use, using it for throwing the dead bodies in it so is the river concerned about it no the river being a holy river is not concerned about it so please understand that the divine are not supposed to get disturbed by this kind of things they are not supposed to so what does what happens when a wrong kind of a person if you recollect ravan got the power of the atmalinga so you will say that why is shiva not being you know why doesn't shiva understand what he is doing why is he giving to a villainous person this kind of powers why should he give it to them no but if you are doing a particular tapasya if you are doing something worthwhile which according to the shastras if you have to do it you should get the benefit of it that is the reason why he has given so there is no discrepancy over there whereas you you put in an x number of hours of work in your own company are you not getting paid for that many number of hours you are getting paid it's the human beings which make the discrepancy how do we do this discrepancy oh this is a friend of mine or oh, this this employee is a friend of mine so he should be getting some more money he should get more promotion he should get more increments in his world he should be given uh, a better opportunity 
a boss who is very pally with a with his downline does this kind of things this is not the right thing to do is he doing justice to others no whereas the divine is giving everything every whatever that is there is being spread out equally and they are not at all concerned about it yes it's a completely unbiased approach and that is the reason why it is mentioned that the guru we are talking about narsimha saraswati narsimha saraswati had his parents also if you recollect in the last chapter we did a part where he goes to his mother and father and stays in that particular place which is called kuravpur he goes over there and stays over there so what is he trying to do over there he is trying to follow the dictates of this universe what are the dictates that yes you have come from a particular body you have to pay respect to that body so you better go over there and pay your respect to that particular body now but if he is going to be partial to his parents and give them more amount of you know let us say he gives them a lot of money and says okay here is a million uh, rupees for you for others no don't tell them that you are given a million rupees that is being very very biased in nature whereas if you look at the sun or you look at god himself or sri krishna himself he is not biased at all you are not supposed to be biased if you are the divine so this is what has to be understood by all of us but what happens when the wrong kind of person gets it wrong kind of person means the person who is going to misuse the same thing see i told you now if there is a knife you can use it for cutting vegetables or you can use it for killing people whichever the use might be so if a person is carrying a gun he can use it for the purpose of security if he is standing with a gun in a in a bank as as a watchman or something naturally it is security but if he is a robber and he is standing with a gun it is definitely a wrong purpose so the purposes are different the same gun it's a the gun is not having any mind of its own yet the same gun in different hands can cause different kinds of things to happen in this world and this is the reason why we have to be extremely careful so while granting certain things the divine though they are supposed to grant them to the right kind of people sometimes it goes into the wrong hands so to avoid this kind of things they have to use a tact a methodology the methodology is very simply this that they disappear from that particular place they go away from that place if they go away from that place then there is nobody who is going to go and eat their brains <laughs> think about it like this so suppose there is a there is a siddha muni sitting over here then everybody is going to laga one big line queue over there expecting him to give some grant something but if he is there in an incognito way nobody is going to go and trouble him and that is the reason why you have to understand that these divine beings are always very particular sometimes they do not want to reveal themselves to people they come incognito and they go incognito so that this can be avoided it's not that they don't grant yes they are very anonymous they do not it's not that they don't grant those people who deserve 
in the material point of view but if they have an agenda the agenda is only pertaining to spiritual will of some people then they are not even supposed to go and do other kinds of things so at such point in time how do you avoid people you avoid people by going away or becoming invisible or staying in a very anonymous way and not even telling them who you are what you are supposed to be doing and what is it that you can do please understand if there is a miracle happening in particular place let us say there is a statue of mother mary and the statue of mother mary is crying okay the blood you know the tears are coming out of blood you know how many people are going to flock over there the whole place is going to be filled with all kinds of people in the same way you will find that suppose somebody comes to know that there is a person who is doing miracles you will find there is a huge queue of people and the person is 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 not allowed to do what he is supposed to do and this is the reason why narsimha saraswati becomes invisible to the people and then what does he do he tells his disciples i will meet you in a particular place you go do your pilgrimages in different different places now we are going to find out why pilgrimages are important so uh, this is the first part where unseen why the person is unseen why they are not supposed to be revealing themselves to others hmm they will not be happy to leave the presence of gurunath even if it be visiting the holy places of the land gurunath told them it is not necessary for the disciples to be away in the physical presence of the guru always in the physical presence of the guru see what happens again this is a very important thing which you have to understand every now and then a person who is in the physical presence of the guru we normally do not we forget to do our own sadhana sadhana is important an individual sadhana is important because you have to progress the progress is so very important so you will find that the guru normally gives an a particular advice to the person he says okay you go and do this over there you you found that in in uh, sai baba's uh, sai charitra he had said to go to some person you know, tell the person you go to this mountain and sit over there and then you come or he tells this other gentleman to go and sit in another room which is nearby and that person has to stay over there for nine whole months and he gets rid of his arthritis and then in the meanwhile he had run away one day and he meets that sadhu baba who dies over there in the temple so that that story if you remember so even though if he is sitting in that neighboring room he is not allowed to come to baba's presence so in the same way the guru gives instructions to certain people that you got to do this go sit there in the corner now it may seem like a very harsh sentence why should you why should i do this i want to be always in your presence no it is important for your spiritual growth so we let us see what he says so they were not happy to leave the presence of gurunath even if it be visiting the holy places in the land gurunath told them it is not necessary for the disciples to be always in the physical presence of the guru constant chanting of guru's upadesh guru mantra and the worshiping of the guru's form in the shrine in one's own heart is guru sannidhana that is living close to the guru so keeping in mind the name or chanting his name or saying the mantra given by him 
or constantly keeping him in our inner being that is the way in which you will be one with the guru living close to the guru that is i have gone i have got to be alone for some time but i am indeed ever with you try to feel my constant presence wherever you will be and whatever you wherever you go further for the yatis that is sanyasis pilgrimage constitutes the most beneficial and necessary discipline the mind gets purified and steadied thereby and one will experience a higher state of consciousness and divine awareness so understand this why are pilgrimage is important now we we actually in our world also we try to do some pilgrimages last year we tried to do some year before last also we tried to do some pilgrimages to nearby places whatever is possible from our side we have to do now it so happens that in these pilgrimages what actually transpires is this what is written over here the mind gets purified the purification of the mind is a must isn't it what are we actually trying to do in the spiritual world we are trying to purify the mind think about it you are sitting in one place constantly thinking about two things one is your spiritual wheel and on the other side you are thinking about your material things what happens to you you are completely lost in both these things and how much time do you actually spare for the spiritual even if you are sitting in your room and thinking about the divine but constantly somebody will be at the door somebody is coming and saying this i want the make tea for me and do this and do that and god knows so many things are happening around you so where do you think you have the chance of remaining alone and even if you are alone one very strange thing happens you will find that suppose you are standing in the kitchen and you are cooking some meal suddenly when you are cooking a meal you are stirring the pot oh you will suddenly remember oh when my mother was there you know this she used to make this so nicely okay then now you are stirring the mind also by the way you are stirring the pot and you are stirring your mind also and your mind has gone to your mother and your father and your you know how you used to eat food and what she used to put in that and suppose she is you are making a kheer or something like that you are making payasam now you will immediately think oh my mother she was making such nice payasam what all she used to put she used to put such beautiful stuff and then suddenly from the payasam you will remember the time when you got the payasam and it was so little that you want you told her okay then how many stories follow one story will get attached to the other 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 and the whole thing will become you know completely convoluted your mind is now gone to the dogs so when you are alone this is what happens so constantly what happens is now yesterday we were discussing why the ashram life is important in the ashram life what happens if you remember now let us say you know you allow the 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 buck the buckri or whatever you know the cow or the calf to just roam free what happens he goes here there 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 completely lost its track so what does the the what does the shepherd do hey he will have to bring them back and he again puts them in the pen <laughs> he puts them in one place and he says okay now you stay over here now tomorrow again you will get some time to go out mind is like that 
so in an ashram atmosphere we are always brought back to our senses we are always, okay now come back where are you going you, are, you don't have to go all over the place come back come back what happens in the yatra or this kind of you know uh, pilgrimages that we do first and foremost you are going thinking about the divine you are thinking about the divine and going over there in that yatra you are singing songs you are talking about god you are talking to each other who are nothing but devotees of the divine so what is it that your mind is occupied in 24 bar 7 you are thinking about that so you will find that it is only a certain time like in when you are at home or when you are lost in your own world in 24 hours 18 hours you are thinking about cooking this that and maybe an hour or two hours are lost in the divine whereas now the reverse has happened over here you are going on a pilgrimage you are thinking about the divine it is only when your stomach feels hungry or something like that at that time you will think oh baba kuch khana chahiye <laughs> otherwise the rest of the time you are thinking about okay i am going over there i have to sing songs i have to do this i have to do that so so many things are happening so i hope you understand that these yatis pilgrimages constitutes the most beneficial and necessary discipline the mind gets purified and steadied thereby one experiences a higher state of consciousness and divine awareness so these kind of pilgrimages are important i bless you all that you will have the most rewarding experience and surely you we will all meet at sri salem the disciples had no other option but to abide by the gurunath's command they however sought his instructions as to which holy places they should visit gurunath then explained the significance of the various holy places and of the sacred rivers of the land and the special merit each one of these would confer on the pilgrims visits to these holy places and doing the appropriate ceremony and rites there as prescribed according to their respective ashramas in life would wash off all the sins purify the body and the mind and in the end confer liberation not only to them but also to 21 generation of their ancestors as well as 21 generation of their descendants again the the thing which you need to understand is this 21 21 pidi bolte hain hum log usko 21 pidiyon ko piche see in our world when we are doing the shraddha ceremony the shraddha that is performed is four generation backward always remember it is never done 21 generations by the way your father has done for somebody four generation backwards his father has done somebody four generation backwards so the, the thing is always going on so what you can do is you can release the person in the fourth generation backwards what is the meaning of the word 21 generations in front and in back 21 generations in front and in back are comprising of not only you but 20 behind and 20 in front all right these are basically people in your material world who may have been trapped may have been trapped some of them might have been released we don't know so there is a certain amount of liberation to these souls understand this 21 generation backward doesn't mean liberation for those 21 people no it's a generation 
we are not talking about one man we are not talking about one man so we always think you know oh i am talking about my grandfather or my great grandfather sorry you are not you don't understand the great grandfather is associated with so many people so everything around the periphery is so we have what is called as 21 generations which comprises of our own sect basically group it's a group all right it's a huge huge group i i don't have the calculation or the method of calculating it but if you actually think in terms of the 21 generation it would be millions and millions and millions of people we don't even know it may go up to a, a very long way in time so it is mentioned that you get this kind of liberation so so what we have to find out we have to understand the significance of these holy places and the sacred livers of the land and the special merit each one of them would confer on the pilgrims so he is now going to tell them siddha yogi then narrates the particular pilgrim centers gurunath has advised his disciples to visit and the specific deeds that should perform during their stay yes based on the lineage or blood relations yes kashi is the foremost of the pilgrim center kashi is going to be there even after till the end of time by the way kashi is always going to be there number 1 vrindavan is always going to be there the rest of the tirthakshetras are going to disappear understand this so one should take a bath in the holy bagirathi which is ganga river there from kashi one should go to ganga ganga dwar and and triveni that is prayag yamuna saraswati varun kusavarta satru vipaksha saravati vitasta whatever the names that are there are the most sacred rivers and a bath in them will be most purifying so also the river chandrabhaga revati gomati vediki vedika kaushiki and the rest of them bath in these rivers is equivalent to several folds of chandrayanam and the other vratas and the austerities whatever wherever there is a confluence of any one or more two or more rivers they are sacred as the triveni sangam now these are on the physical plane the physical plane there are lots of rivers which they keep on criss crossing each other and these triveni sangams are there right across india you will find that these kind of notches are always existing in this universe that means some place the rivers are merging some place the rivers are you know they one of the river will suddenly disappear only one river will remain now if you go to kolkata you cannot make out the difference between one river and another river it is all hugli nobody knows what river it is become so you will find that it loses its character as you go ahead same way so what happens is in our physical world every river has a potency potency means some particular power uh, can you get me one ushi uh, please this is very difficult to sit here so now what are these rivers there was one particular several folds of chandrayanam okay now what is the meaning of this two nadis are there if you recollect the ida and the pingala one is connected one is afferent and efferent all right the afferent and the efferent are two one is the suryas and one is for the chandra 
Alright? So the ones which are affecting our emotional balances. The emotional balances are related to the Chandra. And the one which is our physical balances is related to the Surya. So to keep both these in a perfect harmony with each other, we do something which is called as a prayer at these Sangams. In Pandarpur there is a Chandrabhaga river, he has mentioned Chandrabhaga over there. Again, in Amaraja Sangam is there, where we had gone, that is a place which is Gangapur. The Amaraja river is there. I mean it was totally dried up just now, but basically that is the river. Everywhere. If you go to Kashi also, again it is the same thing. If you go to Bengal also, it is the same thing. If you go to uh, even Nasik, uh, north, north of Nasik also, you will find that there are multiple rivers over there. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come to that. So, what happens at that particular point in time? Even answering your question, what is happening at that particular point in time, Santil? It is nothing but a crossing of the two. The moon and the sun, isn't it? It's like basically we are, the daytime is ending and the night time is starting. So, what is in between? It's, we call it the twilight zone. Again, between the night and the day, there is a zone. Again, it's a twilight zone. It's a crisscrossing of the two. So, it is the same. Uh, so, whether you take it in the physical body, or you take it as a river, or you take it between the day and the night, it's the same as crisscrossing which happens. And that particular place is extremely important. Why is it important? Let us put it this way that we will take one particular nadi alright and try to understand how this affects us. There is one particular over here in the center which is affecting not only the eyes but even the nostrils. So it is like it's like a double, double edged sword. If that imbalance happens over there we can get into trouble. You will find that there is an undercurrent over there. The undercurrent is also, I see in the physical world, I am just trying to translate this whole into physical. I am just going to give one example. For an understanding purpose, think about it like this. Those who have migraine, I am sure will understand what I am talking about. Because you know that one particular place, it hurts you like nobody's business. There is a crossing happening over there. That headache which arrives in a person is a terrible kind of a headache. Or the kind of that feeling that you get cannot be expressed, cannot be understood. So the upper portion and the lower portion are in very very cross purposes with each other. And what do, I am sure you know what that thing is called, sinusitis and all those kind of things, you know, that particular place, there is a, is a separate thing which is crisscrossing each other and that particular juncture hurts like nobody's business. The back of the neck is again a conjoint, which is again a crisscrossing. If you recollect, we were doing, you know, when the nadis are going inwards, 
okay when when it is going inwards like this there is a point where it crosses it is like this you uh, uh, if you seen the uh, the snakes the two snakes that are twined around each other uh, in the doctor's office is he no they are going round 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 like that so think about it like that see it is not exactly like that yeah it's a double helix you uh, don't physically don't try to visualize like that okay it is for the purpose of understanding think about it going twining around each other two snakes going round round each other how many places do they meet that many nadis and chakras are there that many nadis are there important points of contact so now imagine one is the afferent and one is the efferent now what happens over there suppose there is an imbalance of the incoming and the outgoing what will happen i mean those who have done bastrika bastrika you know na the pumping <laughs> like that okay <laughs> you know or you don't know okay those who have done the bastrika the you know heavy breathing in out in out this way is what we call as the pumping of the chest you know after you have finished doing about say 50 rounds or 30 rounds or whatever you have been prescribed to do you know your head is going to go for a spin and then you are going to have to go to sleep because you can't bear that kind of an impact on your body so it's the same thing now physically this is the places in our body now let us come to the physical world in the physical world there are places like prayaga there are places like banaras the places like kolkata okay even in uh, um, in in karnataka also it, there are there is a place where kaveri that talakaveri when it comes down no that there is a place where is a triveni sangam over there and i have been there i don't know the name of the place it's a very beautiful place people go and do all their shraddha and other ceremonies over there again it is a now why do they do shraddha over there why do why do people go to prayag why do the people go to banaras and all this remember we are not talking about some rivers also we are also talking about the three worlds the three worlds are also meeting at points boss it's not only the rivers it's the three worlds are also meeting at singular points so what happens is the entry and the exit is pretty fast understood going to one world and <laughs> getting out of that is extremely easy and fast so again it's a point of exit or a point of entry now praying at that place praying at that place means offering sacrifices doing prayers saying verses saying uh, or different kinds of japs and all those kind of you know the uh, shastras have provided with different different prayers which we have to do some japas and all that so all those if you do at that particular point in time the divinity over there is aroused the divinity there is aroused one who controls this particular sector okay so you will find that these devis devatas that are there who are nothing but the guardians of that particular place take charge of you so now you will understand why praying to such type of places is important doing this kind of yes like this sandhya thing that you are talking about that is so very important whether you get up in the morning at that time is why is so important 
4.30, 4.30 or so, that time. Why is it so important? It is very, very important because it is a crossing. Alright? So now what happens? Wherever there is a confluence of any two or more rivers, they are sacred as the Triveni Sangam. Vaicharu Pushkartirtha Kurukshetra Sri Sailam Sri Rangam Rameshwaram Anantasayanam Mahalai Tirtha Namisharanya Badri Kedar Narmada Kakamukh Gokarna Ayodhya Mathura Dwarka are all the Mukti Shetras. Mukti Shetras, just now only we said, na? release. Where you get a release from. Godavari, Bhimeshwaram, and Vajrahara are sacred as Prayag, Kaustapan, Godavari, Sagara, Sangam, and the river Purna, Krishna, Krishnaveni, Tungabhadra, and the Pampasarovar are all very sacred. Hariharakshetra and Pandharipur burn away all the sins of the pilgrim. Bhima Amaraja Sangam at Gangapur is sacred. There are Koti Tirthas there. Dashwatha tree at Gangapur is powerful as the Kalpavriksha. Near the Ashwatha tree is Narsimha Tirtha. And northwards to it are the Papavasini Tirtha, Varanasi Tirtha, Rudrapada Tirtha, Chakra Tirtha, Koti Tirtha, Manmada Tirtha, etc. Now, what are these names? You will find that the answers are there very much. Varanasi Tirtha, what is it famous for? Shivji, he is very much present over there for the release of the souls. Isn't that the reason why you people go over there and burn the bodies? Now you come to the last one, Manmada Tirtha. Who is Manmata? He is Cupid. In English we call him Cupid, isn't it? Alright, so he is the one who evokes the physical sexual responses that is the reason why so there is a sangam at that particular point also that is the second chakra from below okay so that particular place there is a crossing again like that it goes like this like this like this so at that particular point also prayer to that is important there is the kaleshwara temple there it is as holy as the gokarna when brihaspati enters simharashi the subterranean current of Ganga enters Godavari. This is known as Godavari Pushkar. This takes place in the 12-year cycle. These are basically, if you recollect, you know, there are the, all those kinds of melas that happen. Ardha Kumbha and the Purna Kumbha and all those kind of things. This is a time when the currents are flowing in different, different directions. One current from one enters into the current of the other. Now, you may wonder, oh, Ganga is where and Godavari is where? Why Ganga's current has to enter Godavari? Again, we are not talking about physical rivers over there. We are talking about what happens within us. You will find that the Ganga is a Pavitra Kshetra, you know, Pavitra. She is is absolutely holy. What is Godavari? Godavari is connected towards release. Basically, she is a part of Shivji's, uh, you know, Shivji's creation. And that is the reason why she is so very important. Now, what happens to these two? One is releasing bondage. Releasing from bondage. That is the spiritual release is with Ganga. One part. Spiritual release is with Ganga. So now if you remember, why do people want to take Mukti at that place? Because spiritually you become mukt. 
right now we come to godavari now godavari receives this muktika thing coming to her that means physically in the physical world you will find that the potency remember this is a word we started with the potency of ganga is mukti so the mukti gets transferred to godavari so those who take bath in the godavari at nasik there is a kshetra in nasik where you can go and take a bath during this particular period in time when you take a bath at that point in time this particular potency is transferred to that place so you can get your release and that is mukti so like this there are various places where you can take this kind of help so we will continue this plague takes place in 12 year cycles likewise when brahaspati enters the kanya rashi it is a krishna pushkara and so also in the case of other southern rivers each having his pushkara in his own cycle a bath in the respective rivers at the pushkara time is the most auspicious i hope now you got the answer at that particular point in time the potency transfer is there okay now again you may wonder ki potency transfer okay we are talking about a ganda ganga and a godavari and all those kind of thing let me put it this way now what is the potency transfer the potency transfer happens something like this let us say for example it's an it's just for the purpose of understanding think about it like this today today at this particular point in time those who are concentrating on the tip of their nose while doing their sadhana all right remember it's a crossing of the two like that eyes remember we are crossing and we are looking over here it is our sangam so mukti kshetra is over here the tip of our nose so you will find that even when we are taking in the air okay pranayam the prana can get a release from here straight through this is a possibility of the prana not entering the system at all it it does sirachhed of this sirachhed means cracking that particular shira the i'm sorry if i'm getting too technical let us put it this way <laughs> instead of instead of your prana this the thing going inwards it goes upwards and you get a release something like that okay <laughs> so let me not get further into all these things so understand this so we also have to focus our energies at one place now it happens here it can happen here in the center of our heart also so when we release by sitting we are not focusing here but we are focusing here see people say na you focus on this chakra focus on that chakra do this do that. i mean most of the people may not understand what what is being told to them so let us not get into all those complications just understand this by releasing yourself through this particular point you can also get a release so this transference can happen from here to here there is no need for you to climb up to this level and then release there is no need you can go from here inwards and outwards so there is a possibility of that as well so okay so the transfer happens at different different locations but there is a specific time and a place so we have to focus on that 
Uh, now I think I should I should not get too technical about it. So let me. <laughs> All right. So a bath in the respective rivers at the Pushkara time is most auspicious. Man gains a spiritual evolution thereby. Whoever bathes in the river Bhima Krishna confluence becomes purified and will be born as a Brahmin or as a yogi. Remember, at different points in time, at different places, we can get this kind of as a pure sattvic person in the next life. Whoever bathes in the Patal Ganga will have Lal Mallikarjun Jyotirlinga Darshan at Sri Salem and will attain liberation. Krishna Sagar Sangam and Kaveri Sagar Sangam are annihilators of all sins. If you remember, this is throughout the year, something or the other is happening there. Sheshadari, that is Tirupati Venkateshwara Shetra, Kumbakonam, Kanyakumari, Matsyatritha, Pakshitirtha, Rameshwaram, Nanushkoti, Kolapur, that is where Mahalakshmi says are sacred places. On banks of river Krishna is Bilwadi, the place of Bhuneshwari Devi. At Amrapur, on the banks of river Krishna, there is a confluence of five rivers, that is Panchanadi Shetra. Panchanadi Shetra. Did you see that? Five Nadis crisscrossing each other. Understand, these are very intricate terms. They are already written over there, but to see them is difficult. So understand this is a place where Panchana, see think about it. What do we call the river? Do you know what we call the river? Nadi. Nadi, no? And what do you call our, yes, and what do we call our this thing? Nadi. Nadi, isn't it? Nadi Shastra, Nadi, this one. So it's the same. The word is the same. There is no difference. Understand this. Those people were not foolish enough to name these things different, differently. It is sounding of the words Nadi and Nadi. <laughs> the, the difference is very minute, but it is one and the same. Understand? So this is a Panchanadi. Five rivers crossing each other. So, that is the river, that's a place where you get Panchanadi Shetra. There are Yugalaya Tirtha, Surpalaya Tirtha, etc. Where river Mahapala, Malahapa joins river Krishna is a place where sage Vishwamitra did penance. At Kapila Shetra, river Krishna flows as Uttarvahini. That is the northern direction. Some rivers go upwards, some river goes downwards. Whatever penance is done there, it gains million-fold potency. Pithapur is Dattatra Shetra. Manigiri is a place where seven sages did their penance. Darshan of Ahobila Shetra earns the merit of 60 yagyas. And at the onset of the rainy season, the river water gets polluted and should be avoided by pilgrims for various periods of time. This is a time, if you remember, I told you once it started. Actually, what happens is the first 12 days are not counted. The first 12 days are not here. Chaturmas normally begins on Guru Purnima. Once Guru's prayer is over, after that the Chaturmas begins. Okay? But (laughs) I just told you the 12 days, that is when the first Amvasha starts and the second one, between that is the Purnima, isn't it? So Amvasha to Purnima, that 12 days period that is there, actually it's 14 days period, this particular period, because two dark phases, isn't it? So I just said 12 days, that is one dark phase, another dark phase and then there is a, so like that, just see there is a full moon and then there is, 
the day you get a full moon you cannot count that the day you there is nothing in the sky you cannot count that so 12 days in between one year one year so total 14 it becomes so this the chaturmas begins on guru purnima day not on that day but the ashara begins at that time the month ashara begins at that time okay that amvasha which was there last week i told you that one all right so at the onset of the rainy season the oh, so pilgrimage is the means whereby all past sins are washed off and immense spiritual merit is earned all these praises are resonant with spiritual vibrations and they enrich and speed up the men on their spiritual evolution for certain so i hope you understood this advising the disciples thus and giving them more detailed instructions gurunath sent all his disciples on long pilgrimages he especially told them about doing nadi prarakshana that is nadi pradakshana nadi pradakshana okay going round and round that particular place and praying to that particular divinity all right what what immense benefit they confer with one nadi pradakshana one would have lived away and exhausted all his karmic lives and attained liberation we will be doing about karma and other things in the future so now for understanding this much is enough while all other disciples thereby left to do the long pilgrimage with gurunath's blessing i was allowed to remain with gurunath and serve him thus concluded concluded siddhamuni here ends the 15th chapter of shri guru charitra called the tirtha yatra prakarana glory to the all merciful the omnipresent and the ever responsive gurunath what are the holy places of lord datatre girnar saurashtra that is in gujarat where he is found over there i told you he sleeps in that particular hut over there right on top of the mountain in girnar kuravpur this is near raichur very close to raichur the shripad shivalabh's site where he did his penance then gangapur the one which we have gone to which is in karnataka this is an abode of shri narsimha saraswati narsovachi wadi narsovachi wadi is narsova narsova means narsimha saraswati wadi wadi means a place where he stays so narsimha saraswati site of penance and shri sailam shri sailam i think the way it is written it sounds like some other place but it is shri sailam i'm sure you have heard about this place is a samadhi site of shri narsimha saraswati so this ends our chapter 15 which has been about the rivers and how they are there in different different places